successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the sharing pens and from there they will go to the slaughter and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. Alright. Fucking gold pony boy. And welcome to Beard and Brain Podcast. Where we interest? Where we shit? Fuck it. We're already fucked. <laughs> you already lied, anyways, because you're gonna say we interview interesting people, and it's not a fact right now. No, it's definitely not a fact. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go on and tell you guys what happened. Uh, we had a guest scheduled, and through some learning curve and technical difficulties, um, we will not be able to have that guest uh, for episode two. So it's gonna be yours truly, the host, running this one. And we've got the uh, guest coming back on next week, uh, hopefully, to uh, to to do this episode that we had planned for you today. Um, yeah, ultimately, it's your loss, not ours. Yes, I think uh, definitely your loss. Um, but I won't go into detail too much about that. I want to save it all for the pod next week when uh, she comes on. So, um, anyways, welcome to Beard and Brain Podcast, uh, episode number two. We'll call this one fuckery. Or whatever. I don't know if we can call it fuckery. We'll have to call it something more like PG. That way it'll actually okay. show up. And- Alright, more PG. Uh, what about the fucking-ing? We'll just get on to some type of clickbait and put on Jeff Goldblum the fly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum McFly. Well, yeah, because you know the whole Pence debate thing last night, where everybody is like more focused <sighs> on the fly on Pence's head than anything else. That's right, dude. And you know what? And I hate to say this, guys, but I'm I'm very unprepared. I did not watch that debate last night. Oh, I am watching it, and I and I guarantee you, a majority of the country did it because you know what, guys? Last week. They set the bar for political debates. Trump and Biden. That shit was uh, pure entertainment. 100% No one was going no to watch the vice presidential debate because Kamala Harris and Pence are just not fucking interesting people. And they are boring. That's why the fly was more important than Pence's head. Honestly, I didn't, uh, <clears throat> I didn't even think about that. I... Uh, I don't know though. I I feel like a lot more people watched that debate than they did the other one. But they I don't know. Did, you know how people are. They they say one thing and do another. Maybe they did one debate and lied about it. I don't know. I don't know. Like I think like to me like those two are more divisive than the actual two main people running because Kamala Harris is an insane prosecution record. And then Pence is Pence. I mean, dude was like, I don't even know anything about him. I just remember he's like some type of evangelical guy that's like anti-everything. Hmm. I was so busy working on... 
Yeah, that's literally all they're talking about is that fly landing on his head. But if you want, dude, you know what? I'll take advantage of the situation here that we're having since we're kind of on that theme. Today, Thursday, October, what, 8th? Supposed to be serendipity day. So much for that. (laughs) Um, Fly lands on Mike Pence's head during the VP debate for two minutes. The, the fly up is apparently on his head for two minutes. So the New York Times is reporting this. So that's what we've come to in uh, Trump's America. A fly set atop Mike Love Pence's head America. for two it minutes. Our America. It is the social media America. I'm down with it, though. We love fucking clickbait. That's just all there is to it. Right, so New York Times reports President Trump's handling of the country was the elephant in the room during Wednesday's vice president debate, but it was a fly taking a brief break from flying that couldn't be ignored by viewers watching the event from home. That's the paragraph, that's the sentence they lead with. Yeah, dude. I mean, what else would a fly take a break from? Like, let's go through the options real fast. What else a fly could be taking a break from? And go. Flying. The New York Times is such a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. So anyways. <laughs> I'm willing to dive gonna... into that, dude. I swear. I'm Why would a fly land on it for two minutes? You know what? All right. So flies and maggots. They thrive on, yes, decaying dead matter. Decaying matter in general. It doesn't really matter what matter. (laughs) Um, But honestly, is he dead? Dude, he's probably a lizard person. Man, I don't know, David Icke. I ain't about that life. I think David Icke, since we're just going to go on into fucking babbling now, um, but David Icke is I I don't think I could ever take the whole reptilian theory seriously because of David Icke. That bitch is just batshit crazy. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. I think like my opinion with that and and many of those other theories is kind of like uh, I don't know. You can have many different interpretations of it, kind of like the Bible and other things. A lot of people are saying it's one way or saying it the other way. Some people say take it literally. Some people say it's a story based on, you know, true events and somebody's depiction, blah, blah, blah. I think that when he says reptilian people, I think he probably, what he really means, but doesn't want you to kind of know what he means, is just people that think more left brain. They're like really fucking low vibrational, um, reptilian brained, you know, very instinctual, very fight or flight, very um, survival mode. You know, it's very, I don't know. I so think that in that definition, be... though, that very much aligns with the whole woke concept. Oh, God damn it. It does, though. It's like legit. Well, I don't want to fucking do that, so. <laughs> God. I'm just I, not me. I am not always going to be the person I just disagree with everything I am the ultimate troll and you know things have to make complete stoic sense for me to be able to actually back something and 98% of things that I encounter in life aren't that 
So what you're saying is, is you're not in the belief that reptilians are purported reptilian humanoids that play a prominent role in fantasy, science fiction, ufology, and conspiracy theories popularized by David Icke. You don't believe that? No. I'm reading from the Wikipedia page here. I don't know shit about this, really, so I got to brush it up. Oh, really? You mentioned reptilians. I mean, lightly, just because, like... When I heard that, and I've seen it on videos and talk about that, I always, when you say reptilian and, and you relate it to somebody as far as a person or their way of thinking, I think psychology. I think of, okay, it's really dumbed down basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, no, that but, makes I don't know why, but that's just where I go. Because those urges they're feeding into, like these people they're talking about, the, I guess lizard people are eating people and drinking their blood. Like those urges that you would have thinking only on that dimension or vibration would be similar to that too i think they're very instinctual driven like sexual drive and you know food i gotta eat and then survival things like that i think that's right. very left brain i'm on the whole like idea that you know i don't is there a possibility that some of these groups or elites or what the fuck ever exist sure probably but as far as like Anything that has any type of underlying tale that there is like some type of mass group organization being cat, I don't know what the hell they are. Any of those things that are just connected throughout the entire modern society and, you know, plotting all the evil in the world. I just don't believe any of that exists because I've just, I have dealt with a lot of people and I've met a lot of people around from different areas the most part people are good and then the people that are in power are usually lazy idiots and if you ever try managing a handful of people it's just so difficult as far as on a personal level like on a high-end level like a manufacturing type of thing yeah you're just manufacturing robots and whatnot but if to have a huge collective of people that are trying to run things I don't think that they'd be able to ever do that successfully because people are greedy and they're dumb as shit. And when power gets in the way, they usually mess it up. You really only have like two people in control if that was the thing. Yeah. Neither then there'd be right. I, I like that because um, kind of question everything. Gives you the uh, luxury of not having to create a golden rule and pencil yourself in on one theory or another. So it's pretty smart. And also, a lot more mysterious. A lot more, um, I would say it opens you up to be educated a lot more. So you're going to keep poking holes in different things and allow yourself to have different viewpoints. You know, sometimes within minutes, you know. it's It's a lot. It's intense, but, you know. It beats the alternative of creating a golden rule and then being proven wrong or or being, you know, hung out to dry for it. Well, I mean, I think it's the whole purpose of, like, you, it, that whole idea and experience of life is to be proven wrong, like, daily. Like, there's absolutely no absolutes. The moment we think that there is an absolute, something breaks that, you know. It's just... Mm-hmm. Why? So why waste the energy and the emotions 
on that type of shit. I guess that's kind of my philosophy. Mainly, like, I'm not even going to bullshit. Most of the time, it's just, like, I'd rather deflect from everything and not give a shit and just poke holes into it so it doesn't take up any real estate within me. So I can just go on my merry way and deal with my own wild shit throughout the day. Oh, man. I'm kind of sad I didn't watch that debate now. I could have uh, hit on a few points or I could have seen that damn fly land on his big old white ass head. I've only seen the memes, so. I haven't seen any of it, dude. I haven't been on Facebook. I've been a ghost, honestly. My head's been buried in creating this podcast and getting us ready for you guys to, to listen and read and, you know, dive into our brains see our beards or Joel's lack of one. Are you going to grow that out or what? I don't know, man. It's oh, just so dude, uncom- I'm growing my hair out, bro. Mine was uncomfortable at first, too. I, I was getting some anxiety from my mustache when it was only like, <laughs> I don't know why, because there was like nothing there and it was, I hadn't had facial hair in a long time. And when it started coming in, the, something about my mustache was bothering me and I was at work. And I started getting really like anxious over it. And then I started thinking, well, fuck, I'm at work. I can't go home and fucking shave this. And then I started like rubbing it and I was like more self-conscious about it. And then like, dude, within like 10 or 15 minutes, I've started like driving myself insane, like to the point where I'm about to fucking go home and shave that. And like, just, I had to bury myself into work and just start ignoring it. And like, eventually I took my mind off of it and got home and just pushed through it. And now I got a massive mustache. <laughs> But, dude, I swear, early on, it fucking gave me some serious anxiety, dude. I've never had anxiety from facial hair before. Never in my life. But that oh, was a first. That's so funny. That is the most I'm human hilarious. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, dude, I'm just fickle when it comes to anxiety. I can, like, I feel like I'm, I'm the type of guy. I'm just I saying, like, anything that doesn't, like, go my way or that I'm not happy about, I'll sit there and just, like, think of every worst-case possible scenario in the world for hours and then, like, be on the way home and be like, man, I'm a huge fucking idiot. And just start laughing at myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Seems so unhealthy. <laughs> I feel like that is healthier than any other way. Yeah, I agree. Like, don't I mean, get me wrong. I'm on the other spectrum. Do what now? I said, like, don't get me wrong. I'm on the other spectrum, too, as far as, like, being that overly positive, motivated, ambitious person. That's me from, like, the beginning of the day until, like, 11. And the rest of the day, I'm just, like, a stoic asshole. <laughs> just, you know, just getting just getting through, more or less. It's gotten to the point now, in my age, to where I'm pretty much the same dude every day. And when I have those days, it's there all day. Like, uh, it, it's like an underlying, like, stomach ache that just doesn't go away. And it's in the pit of my stomach. And I know, dude, here's the thing, though. It's like, I never feel it coming. I'm always fucking blindsided with my anxiety and whatever it may be, bipolar or just these. I've got Tourette's syndrome as well. And I was diagnosed with that at a young age. I'm sure you probably didn't even know that. But I was going through my mom's stuff and I've got all this. Huh? You've always been so normal. (laughs) I hide the shit out of that. (laughs) And that's probably 
very unhealthy and, and is probably where a lot of that anxiety has come from. But in my older age, I've learned to accept it, embrace it. I, hell, Harmony loves that. She's like, when you get going, your motor ticks start going off. You start clapping and fucking hooting and hollering and just all the <laughs> fart noises and goofy noises and cuss words and all the shit you do. And I mean, that is a trade-off. I mean, I, I have my days. I, have bad days. I mean, yeah, it and is. But that's I mean, how you've always been. Well, yeah. Been kind of like yeah. Yeah. A lot of that, I think, is the Tourette's. I think a lot of that is the motor tics and, and stuff like that. But at a young age, so the motor tics were a lot that. more uh, more prevalent. But now I've kind of got it towards quiet. Like, they're in my body or in my hands or fidgets or grunts and stuff like that. It was never like arm clapping or twitching or um, or cussing. It was always more of the motor tick. Very huh, ADD-ish. What was your question? Sorry. No, no, I was wondering, like, um, so is that diagnosis at an early age what led you into, like, because when I first met you, you were, like, diehard into working with, uh, I don't know the politically correct term to call them now, but, like, autistic kids and stuff in high school. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, <coughs> I think that came with uh, the girl I was with at the time, my daughter's mother. And then yeah. um, coupled with also just feeling normal there. And uh, the teachers, of course, that ran that class, it was called CBE, Community-Based Education. And the teachers that ran that always were really nice and comforting. And, you know, of course, it's having so a disability, I would like, gravitate towards that. Yeah, it was so funny because, like, during the day, you'd be doing that. And then in the night, you'd be a little fucking minion with the rest of us. <laughs> Right. And I would even, I was even in the uh, behavior disorder classes <laughs> with Mr. Ooh, I probably shouldn't even say that guy's name. But uh, um, we had that certain class <laughs> that they would like. It was, uh, it was only like nine kids <laughs> and it was in a certain classroom in the science wing, kind of away from everybody else. So we were there for like however many blocks a day that you weren't allowed to be in other classrooms. That's where you'd be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we would be in there. I was only in there half days um, for a year or two. And then when I was able to, uh, uh, toward the latter year of my high school career, I was able to co-op. So I was only at school a half a block anyways. Uh, it got to the point where they basically were like, look, we like you. Um, we think you're a bright kid. But like we just don't every, every third, yeah, they're like every 31 days, they were like, you cause enough chaos to make up for the last 30. And we're like, you just got to get out of here. So they kind of just did whatever I needed to, like bare minimum to get by. I didn't take any foreign language to graduate, and you had to have so many credits. I never ended up doing that. Um, my Bro, classes consisted so many, of... I'm taking so many Spanish classes over the years and still don't know a fucking thing. Dude, I haven't I've taken any, and I feel like I can tell a lot of what they're saying just by the emotion and their body language. And I have no idea I mean, what they're saying, really but you know how some Spanish words, yeah, it was some Spanish words actually sound like the word in English. Yeah. If not spelled. I mean, anyway, they mean to get us off on a tangent or anything. I was just. Oh, no, you're good. Curious. I don't mind letting our listeners and, you know, a little bit about me. Um, but yeah, I honestly feel like a lot of that anxiety and shit that I have is from suppressing some you know, things from my childhood and also motor tics and different things like that. But we all struggle. We all have our own things that make us us and unique. And like you said, you just always thought that was me. Well, it always has been. So right you are. 
Um, but <laughs> no, it's enough. no tangent. I think it's uh, it's good therapeutic for me to talk about it. That's definitely not something I've ever like led with or even really talk about. But that's me, dude. I love it and I embrace it. And I get excited. I clap and I yell and I hoot and I holler. And <laughs> when I'm nervous and and you know fidgety, especially early in the morning, I'll, I'll grunt. It'll be like a, like throat clears, like <clears throat> you know yeah. things like that. You know, a lot of throat clears and like you'd think I had allergies or something. But yeah, I do a lot of shit like that. But I don't know, it's not just me being fucking weird. And yeah, know, I think it's important for us as people <laughs> to understand you know our weird idiosyncrasies and just accept them and laugh absolutely at dude it's i think it's beautiful it makes people unique um where you lack in one thing i think you probably pick up in another you know you can definitely exploit certain things uh that's one thing the Kabbalion has taught me reading that um you know for example today um we didn't get to do quite what we wanted to do, but here we are still doing what we love. So there's an ebb and flow of everything. The pendulum's not quite swinging in our favor or in our direction, Joel, but we are making the best of that. And I guarantee you both of us realize that that pendulum, like it's not swinging our way, it will be swinging our way. So we are kind of just waiting. We're riding that out and you make the best of what situation you can. And um, like I said, certain things that I've read and parts of, life that you kind of pick up along the way just make you okay with things that's just part of it no, I, hear you. I mean it's very similar to stoicism and that's kind of a, i don't really have i don't care how many people listen i don't care what the outcome of it is it's it's fun to do it gives us an opportunity to learn more about other people and i am dead serious on this idea of just finding random strangers to interview because i think that'd be absolutely hilarious yeah um i don't know <laughs> if we've even talked about that yet, but let's go on and dive into that idea a little bit. Since you're that serious about it, um, let's go on and pencil it in and try and come up with a segment. Um, what we discussed is <coughs> segment of beard and brain, whether it be an entire episode or a piece of an episode here and there where we contact and talk to people, random people all over the world um, pen pals, people in jail, prison, whatever, dude, just random people we don't know and just try and have a conversation with them, see what they're doing, why they're doing it and uh, where they've been and where they're going. The end goal will be to reach someone inside of a gulag. And then once we reach that person, we will stop the segment. Oh, that would be very interesting. I like, I'd love to go in and just talk to some folks in, uh, you know, in a nursing home, somebody that may don't, you know, may not have the family that can come even if they're not conversation. Even if it's just someone that's super super crazy, I want to talk to that person because I bet that'll be a blast. I mean, anything really. You never know. Some of the most bland and like on the surface, like quiet and and. Innocent people are probably the most wild fucking people in the world. You never know. Like, have you seen that movie Bubba Hotep? Like, I want to meet those people in a nursing home. Like, one better believe he's Elvis. Another should be like a black JFK cat. And they're overthrowing some mummy trying to suck the souls out of asses or some shit. Like, I want to meet those people inside nursing homes. Uh, how the fuck did I miss that movie? <laughs> It's old Bruce Campbell movie, but it's so great. How the fuck did I miss that movie? I mean, 2003? 
It's not good, but the story and concept is just great. That's ridiculous. Well, it being October, uh, have you done any Halloween movies or anything like that? You you plan on watching any of that stuff with your daughter? Or y'all y'all like to do any of that? So my daughter's been into it for years. Like I, she's always been watching horror movies with me. Oh, same. Um, my daughter's but, all into a Tim Burton. Over time, like I have probably a thousand <clears throat> DVDs right now, and a majority of them are horror movies. But for the last like two or three years. I haven't been watching a lot of horror. <clears throat> I watch a lot of uh, like documentaries and like sappy fucking animes and shit. Yeah, I don't either. I don't watch a lot of horror movies. The only reason you're going to see me watch a horror movie is because it's October. And I say horror like classic, right. like in a classic sense. Yeah. I'm not going to watch anything gore. I'm really choosy anymore, man. And I, I mean, you can call it what you want, but I'm really choosy of what I allow my eyes to see. And I, um, in 31 years, just, man, I'm going to be real with eye, you. Man. Yeah, 31 you know? years, I'm going to be real with you, man. I've seen enough shit to where I don't have to watch the fucking TV to see some painful stuff, man. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go into detail, man, but even here recently, in the last couple of years, I've seen enough. I've been through enough. I don't need anything like that, man. Life is, uh, you know, especially for some other people out there going through some hard shit. Life is enough, you know, horror show. You know, some people are living the fucking American horror story. Um, but I, I'm very blessed to have what I have. So I don't choose to put stuff like that in my head, like willingly, because I know there's people out there that are subjected to that daily and, and certain abuses and stuff. So blood and gore was cool when I was in high school. Been there, done that. Um, if it's, uh, somebody I respect or want to watch or a story I really want to see or something like that and it's worth it, then, you know, I'm going to watch it, you know, everything in a balance, of course, but as above, so below, man, what you watch and what you put upstairs was you're going to feel in your heart and you're going to, you're going to carry that around with you day to day. And, uh, you're up to free will, of course, but I still think that that, that plays a, uh, that plays a role in your psyche. Well, man, and I think it's everything cyclical. I mean, you know, it's the whole, like, idea of a catabasis, and, you know, you, or a hero's journey, whatever you want to call it, so you go through different phases, and then you complete the cycle of phases, and then that dies off, and you stop, start from the beginning. Like, I did the horror thing for a very long time, because it identified with kind of what I embraced, which was, like, dark bullshit, I guess. And I still enjoy horror movies to the fucking death. Like, I just love the goofy ones. Like, Deathgasm and shit like that. Like, you kill somebody with a dildo, we're friends. I can dig it. But as far as, like, just that phase I went through, and I went through, like, my warrior phase, and, you know, I've, I've gone through another dark phase, I guess, like that, but I'm just at the point now where I don't take things very serious. I don't take life very serious. I just do my best every day to be the most optimal human I can. And, you know, some nights, yeah, like, it's Halloween time, so I'm going to watch horror movies just because it's tradition for me. Sometimes I'll watch that. Some nights I'll watch some sappy anime movie or some shit, and then other nights I'll watch nothing. <laughs> so, I'm, <clears throat> it's not, to me, it's not about 
anything definitively. Uh, it's just, you know, you all go through different phases and you go through different things and whatever you feel in the moment is right and that's all that matters. I agree. Um, I'm definitely trying to live more in the moment. You know, and I have that fucking problem. I'm trying to live in the moment the right way. I, I live in the moment all the time. And that's a problem for me. I can't remember nothing, dude. Right I don't remember. Sh- I don't know. Balance it out a little more. Because, dude, I'm doing a little too much, I think. It's like I'm constantly living in the moment. So if you're constantly living in the moment, how the fuck are you going to know where the hell you were, what you're, where you are right now, and where you're going? Does that make sense? Like, I'm always in the See, moment, and it's like... Uh, and it's one thing over the last year I've gained, and now it's like, <clears throat> I guess the best way to describe my mindset is, like, I have audacious goals for the next 10 years of my life, right? And those are goals that, no matter what, in five years I'll be at this point, in 10 years I'll be at this point. You know, in my mind, there's nothing that'll ever convince me otherwise as far as those so in the meantime in the short term say six months to a year i just set kind of like parameters that you know with this time i should be here and with this time i should be there and there's little shit but by doing that it ends to my end goal and because of this kind of system i don't truly worry about you know where I'm at presently and where I'm going to be. It's, I just know that, you know, I'm going to fuck up in the meantime, but as long as I'm on track to meet my small kind of benchmarks, then I'm good in the future. So that's why I don't take a lot of shit seriously. Yeah. I have my set of goals, short term and long term, and I allow myself enough flexibility and uh, room to change those goals as I see fit, um, depending on where I'm at and what I actually want. Because honestly, sometimes what I want changes. So, no, I yeah, my shit changes probably every four days. Yeah, <laughs> mine sticks a little longer than that, a couple years. But then when I get tired of something or I get on something, I'm really tired of it or I'm really on it. No, I hear you. But I, I'm going to go a little off topic, but kind of stay on uh, the, the overall subject we've been on. We kind of stayed on a, an arts with music and not really music, but movies and shit like that. And also self-help with talking about, you know, a little bit of therapy, anxiety and my, you know, my disability or one of a few that I think I have. I know for sure I have Tourette's, ADHD, you know, things that I've actually been diagnosed with, have paperwork on, and there's a few other things that I think that I probably have, a little bit of uh, bipolar and some things like that. But uh, I'm having trouble lately, and I'm sure that some of our listeners have had this, are going to have it, or are currently having it. But uh, with the winter coming in, summer faded out, falls basically in full-fledged right now. I'm having trouble with motivation in the gym, and I don't really think that it's motivation mentally. I think it's my body, physically or emotionally. It's coming somewhere else, because mentally I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to do it. I pencil the time in, and then, you know, I just kind of relax into my day, and, you know, I know how to not stress myself or push myself too hard, and I kind of allow myself to fall back in this role, but I think emotionally or or physically, I'm not really feeling it, and there's some other things going on. You got any insights of what that might be, or, or any ways that I can push myself to, to get back in the gym and start that 
three, four, five day routine that, that really sets off that, that fire to, to get healthy again. Cause I, like, again, I've been going, I'll wrap this up. I've been going and I've had a routine, but have just recently since the season change fallen out. My whole idea on that is, man, it's like the emotional and all that shit sucks, but ultimately that's just you tricking yourself into not doing it. And I'm like the type of person I believe in just motivation is shit. Discipline is everything. So just fucking go. Yeah, for example, if, you know, even if you go for 10 minutes, man, that's enough. You're, you know, you do that enough times, your brain's going to be like, all right, now I'm used to coming to the gym. Now I'm going to put more time into it. Um, and, you know, and if you're having an issue to where if you're, you know, doing it after work or something like that and you're just too tired after work or you're too much anxiety, too much shit going on in the head, I understand that. That's why I can't do it in the evenings. That's why, you know, I wake up so early and I do it in the morning even if it's for 30 minutes i just do something to get my body active you don't even have to go to the gym man like do a shit and do you know 50 100 push-ups and body weight squats and some jumping rope that's enough think a little cardio or something early in the morning cold air maybe get up before i go to work go run you know i spent many many years on learning like how to replicate habits of high-performing, successful people. And that's why I was able to do a lot that I've been able to do. And the number one thing that sticks with everybody is they have their kind of morning routine and they spend that first hour or two hours a day priming their body and their mind for the day. And that's you know through journaling, it's through meditating, and doing something active. Um, people go to other extremes too, you know, cold showers and shit like that. But it's really important to, you know, in the first 30 minutes of your day, try and get 25 grams of protein in you and do some push-ups, do some bodyweight squats, do some stretching, something to get your blood flow going. So then that way, you know, you're in your absolute prime when you first wake up and you're ready for your day. Right. I agree because that was the routine I've always been in. I'm an early bird. I get up in the morning. But, um... And I've even critiqued my diet. I've gained weight. I've gained muscle mass. Um, I'm doing what I want to do as far as my goals. But what I think I have trouble with is with the season change. They affect me. Season changes always have and always will affect me. I can't really tell if they're getting worse with my age or if they're getting easier. But But I'm always affected by a season change. And that's what's giving me a hard time right now. Um, when it comes to the discipline itself, whether it be diet, whether it be going to the gym, whether it be doing anything that's going to improve yourself or put yourself in a difficult situation to improve yourself, you have to immediately, when that emotion comes in, you give yourself five seconds, change your mindset, be like, nope, I may feel like that, but fuck that, this needs to get done. You know, there's a, I forget the doctor that did that, but that whole five second rule where if you have some type of negative thought or some type of negative mindset, make sure you catch yourself within those five seconds, change it, and do the opposite and move forward. That's I like the only that. Way you're gonna do it. Five second rule. I like that. So again, uh, the the five second rule. As soon as I'll I'm having that thought, too, yeah, we'll call it that for now. We'll, we'll even put it down in the uh, transcript or podcast bio if we need to, just so that. Uh, 
listeners can I mean, find it. Even explains it further, like it's as far as you know, waking up early in the morning. It's not hitting that snooze button. You know, make it a mental kind of note as soon as that alarm goes off because your cell's five seconds to get up. And then as long as you stick to it, you're not going to hit that fucking snooze button. You're just going to get up and get your shit done. I've subscribed for years. I have to have at least three hours every morning before my work shift in order to be able to cope for at least half the fucking day. And it's just that time to, you know, no phone calls, no Facebook, no Instagram, no nothing. It's just you writing, you meditating, you working out or whatever it takes for you to kind of get yourself straight for the rest of the day. Because that's yeah. going to be your most prime optimal state. Yeah, they do call it the five second rule. The moment you have an instinct to act on a goal, you must physically move within five seconds or your brain will stop you. So don't allow yourself the time to stop and fuck you up basically just kind of jump in there impulsively yeah well good thing i'm always impulsive i think the thing (laughs) that you touched on um that really stood out to me with this gym that's really going to help there's two things if you that i'm pulling out of this conversation i'm finding very beneficial with you but one thing i'm finding the most beneficial is the fact that you said just go for 10 minutes I'm so hard on myself and I'm so fucking stubborn that I have to go and do this certain set routine that I've been doing or go and do whatever it is I need to do that day or would normally be doing that day and do it to the fullest like I had just always been doing it. And you're saying, no, just ease back into it and at least walk into the gym, pick something up and then leave. You know, it's the fact that you did it and you got there and maybe tomorrow you'll do more. But the fact that you got in there, you didn't allow yourself to fall in that I vibe with. And what I do with that, man, honestly, I fucking punish myself for those type of instances. Like, say, like, I pick, like, I had to be, I start my work around 9 o'clock. I can be a little late. So if I don't make it to the gym till 8.20 or 8.30 because I drop my kid off late or something like that, and I know I only have 20 minutes, a lot of times that will deter me away from it. So what I'll do in those type of situations, if I know that I've even reduced the time that I ideally want to work out, is I'll punish myself by doing cardio. Because I went from not eating and doing cardio and being ripped to now not giving a fuck and just, you know, keeping my body optimal. So what I'll do is I don't do cardio anymore. Anytime I only have like, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes to work out, I'm like, all right, you're just going straight to the treadmill or the stair step or whatever for that amount of time. Okay. And then you go, you know, if, if that's what, do whatever it takes. As long as you get your body moving, get your heart rate up, you're fine. I'm going to do that. Whenever I uh, <clears throat> whenever I wake up, I'm going to make a new routine in the morning after I do my meditation and get my water in and everything. <clears throat> I'm going to go for a run. Get a nice cold run in in the morning and get going because I'm, I've been pretty good yeah, about diet and eating. Good. I but eat a good... Mo- I, dude, sometimes I'll eat a half a dozen eggs in the morning. That's well over 30 grams of protein or that 25 yeah, you were talking like about. Two, bro. Yeah, dude, I, whenever I smash, I'll smash, but then I won't eat the rest I have, of the day. I, I mean, a, like, I, I buy to the optimum evening, you know? nutrition whey protein with oats, and it's like 200 calories, 30 grams of carbs, 30 grams of protein. So it's just enough to fill up your macronutrients when you first wake up from all your... Yeah, but is that like a shake or something? Like, I'm trying to yeah, go with substance. I'm trying to actually eat my diet and make sure I eat like non-GMO, yeah. like pretty decent shit. Like I know it sounds so like fucking hipsterish, but like 
I would rather not eat than eat fucking nasty food. No, I understand completely. I mean, it's honestly the better route to go. And in that instance, you know, it's basically this. If it's the size of your fist and protein, then you're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. See, I like to eat a lot of protein, like a high protein, high fat diet early on in the morning and then burn that off. And then like in the evening, eat something a little bit lighter. I love salads and sandwiches, soups and shit like that. But here recently, like I didn't eat this in high school, middle school, even in my college years. I didn't eat meat, and uh, and I didn't. I don't. Never ate them a lot, <clears throat> but now, dude, now I'm crushing. Like it ain't nothing for me to eat a sixteen to a twenty ounce steak. <laughs> I say, wait a minute. I went vegan for a year, and then I did raw for like six months. Ooh, how was yeah. raw, man? Tell me a little bit about yeah. raw. The, the shitty thing about eating raw is you have to eat so much just to get like because I was in the, like the physique comp type space, mm-hmm. so in order to hit your macros, you know at that time I probably had a BMR of roughly sixteen hundred calories, and then cutting in everything else. So just just use fifteen hundred calories as an example. To eat that raw is just so much. You're talking like a salad the size of like a watermelon is 500 calories as far and you know you nothing can be cooked over like 110 degrees or something like that Mm -hmm. so it was just like during the time i was vegan and during the time i was raw i had way more natural energy more and less because i was in ketosis all the time Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I had to eat so much to hit my macronutrient levels and my cal- calorie levels and whatnot. So when I finally switched back to me, like, like I'd been essentially doing a carnivore for the last month, and I have lost some weight to it, and I'm still keeping my strength, and I like it, but I still eat quite a bit of vegetables. Dude, I honestly don't really eat a lot of anything. <clears throat> I know it sounds crazy, but my entire life I have not really eaten much. This past year was the only time I can remember since maybe middle school that I've actually gained weight. Never lost any either. I mean, but I've actually I gained sixteen pounds and I'm a hundred and forty four pounds. Always been like a hundred and thirty, dude. Like a hundred and twenty five. I varied. I went from one hundred and thirty to 200 to 150 now i'm at like 180 but you gotta remember too when I it just comes don't to eat, food bro. like even if you don't eat a lot you need to at the basic minimum is yeah to just my goal is to get my it. my pyramid bro i get that no, pyramid. I'm, I'm i get saying, what exactly, i need and that's it i'm in and out i burn it off at the end of the day, and I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I don't get too much make of sure anything. But water. Level, make sure you're hitting your macronutrients, and as yep. long as you do those two things. <clears> and it's it surprisingly not a lot, but at the same time, it's a, a surprisingly more than I thought on some end. So, you know, I got to eat a lot more meat than I thought I had to, but then again, it wasn't as hard to get, you know, the rest of your vitamins and, and nutrients in. And you can supplement right. here and there, but I never want to supplement with, like, protein or anything. I'd rather just eat it, like, naturally. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm man. Fuck I mean, my digestive system up, or my, you know, I don't want to do any of that. Uh, just fucking bug me out. <laughs> no, man, that's honestly the best route to do. I have experimented with dozens and dozens of supplements, 
I've done pack stacks where you're taking like 12 vitamins at a time, three, four times a day. Um, I've done it all and you do get results from it, but you get the same thing from food. Like now I don't even really look at my diet. I just make sure I don't eat like shit and I almost always hit, you know, my levels and whatnot and don't really need many supplements or not. But if, you know, if you're trying to get to a certain point, if you're trying to absolutely optimize how your metabolism works or optimize how much you lose fat or gain muscle or anything like that, yes, supplements are amazing for that. Just make sure you're doing it appropriately. Right. And, uh, of course, always talk to a professional or doctor. This is Beardex Brain. We're your brain and beard and theory and conversationalists. We're not your fucking doctors, so this isn't official, like, actual medical advice. <clears throat> These are just kind of recommendations of where to start, what to pay attention to, maybe even do your research on. But uh, always consult the doctor before changing a, a diet drastically. You know, you could be on medicines or something like that, you fuck. You we are not doctors and we do not play ones on the internet. Nope. Just in the bedroom. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else that you want to maybe add before we uh, wrap this one up? Unfortunately, we've kind of had a weird day, but we'll turn it around and kind of hopefully give some content here and next week get a, get her back in here. Again, I don't want to give y'all too much right now because uh, it's going to be a great episode when we get the the bugs worked out here, but such is life. Do you have anything to add, Joel? No, man, that's it. That's us rambling for 45 minutes. Yep, hopefully you all got something out of that. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> wasn't what we exactly wanted to do, but, you know, well, we're going to be coming back with some good shit. And we appreciate we'll everybody. Yeah, we appreciate everybody listening to our podcast. Thank you for being here on Beard and Brain Podcast. Bye, bitches. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision.